Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming. I'm so (laughs) excited about this episode. I want to just read off your resume a little bit to tell the folks why you're here today. All right. Um, Ryan Chen, you're the co-founder of Neuro and NeuroGummint with your buddy Ken, who I also love. Love You were Forbes 30 Under 30 this past year. You own a multi-million dollar company, and you're how old? I'm 30 now. What the fuck, dude? How did you have to do that? You're also a black belt in kendo. Grew up doing kendo. What is kendo? Kendo is a Japanese martial art that involves swords. It's called the way of the sword. Oh, wait. Anthony Bourdain did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each other on the yeah, head. exactly, exactly. There's four. There's four parts where you can hit. It's the arms, the throat, the head, and then the stomach. The throat. That's violent. That one's yeah. So you actually have to be a black belt to be able to like try to throw those. So could you just like end my life right now <laughs> if something went down? Mm, I don't know. I would never <laughs> want to think about that. No. I don't, I don't want to go there. Um, you're also a mentor in the Spark program. And you also happen to have a spinal cord injury, or an yeah. SCI, from an accident 10 years ago? Yeah, 10 years when ago. When you were crazy. 19. I was 19, yeah. Which paralyzed you from the... From the waist down. So the waist down. T9 injury. So um, that was February 2009. We were going up um, to Big Bear, actually, yeah. for a friend's birthday. Mm-hmm. And it was like a pretty bad storm, but I, I grew up snowboarding and skiing. Yeah. And then when I was going down to jump... Um, I, I over-rotated and landed on my back. I mm-hmm. shattered my spine. So about 35-foot wow. jump. As soon as I landed, like, I, I knew something was was wrong. Like, I I was like, I looked up, and I was like, what? I thought I almost died for a really? sec because, like, it was so cold. I, I got everything knocked out of me. I, I, I landed on my back so hard that actually my right, all my right ribs broke. <gasps> and then one of them punctured my lungs. So oh, I was like, fuck. yeah. And then from a ski jump? Yeah. And you were boarding? I was boarding. Wow. And as soon I knew when I couldn't go get up that something was wrong. And luckily, my girlfriend at the time was behind me uh-huh. because, like, basically the whole park area was closed because oh, it wow. was, like, a whiteout-type storm. storm. And luckily, like, she knew not to grab me or anything. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, I need help. And so she ski, she boarded down, got ski patrol. They came in with, like, the the, like whole, the, full, the whole thing, like, the yeah. sm- snowmobiles, everything. When you see those going down, you're always, yeah. you know, you know, yeah, something, something is, yeah, something was wrong, and they loaded me up on this backboard. They kind of knew what happened. They're like, they "Can you?" Did? Mm-hmm. And now, are you aware of what's happening at this point? Or are you kind of is your body going into a shock? shock? It was yeah. a shock, and then I, I wasn't even sure if I hit my head or not. So I was trying to be hyper aware of everything mm-hmm. to try not to fall asleep or mm-hmm. if I had a concussion. Right, right. And yeah, I was just like hoping and like you know thinking about what the possibilities were, but I also didn't want to jump to conclusions. So right. I tried to stay as calm as possible. Are when you we got crying? Are no, you I'm just like crying. You're yeah, totally I'm trying chill. to stay as chill as possible. When you shattered your spine and broke five ribs and But I didn't know that at the time, so you I. Think if you would have, your body would have felt. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like ignorance is bliss. Yeah, ignorance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me what happened. Yeah. And then they get me down. They load me into the ambulance. They take me straight to Arrowhead, Arrowhead okay. po- yeah. uh, Hospital. They run a couple tests, uh, X-rays, MRIs, and they realize a spinal cord injury. And spinal cord is technically is trauma one. So mm-hmm. uh, if you ever have a brain injury, tra- uh, spinal cord injury, they usually want to air freight you out because right. time is so critical. Holy shit. So but, they didn't do that. But they couldn't do that because of the storm. So oh, it would have endangered God. the pilots. So they loaded me back into another ambulance, and then I went to Loma Linda. It was like two-hour something drive. Two-hour ride. And then within, within about eight hours, I was in the OR because it was a super emergency surgery. So I got injured February 8th, but by the time I was in the OR, it was February 9th, I think. Oh, my. And where? 
where is your girlfriend? Where are the rest of your group of your friends? When yeah. can you call your parents? When? I, I couldn't. I couldn't talk to my parents. So, wow. like, I think uh, Liz, my girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. she she told everybody at the birthday. They're they're like, I think crying and like mm-hmm. they didn't know what to do. Um, obviously, my emergency contact was my sister and my dad. Mm-hmm. They knew. And the first thing I thought was like, don't don't tell mom, like, because oh, my mom God. lives in Japan. So I was like, no, don't tell mom. It, we don't know what's wait happening yet. Let's just wait till some, like we figure something out. Sure. As soon as my mom got the call, she was like on the first flight over. And I'm like, oh. And then I, I, at the time, I didn't know what was going on. Right. Th- through my mind, I was just like, oh, like, you know, something's wrong. I'm going to get better. I'm going to, you know, yeah. I'll be fine. So this is a dumb question, but with spinal cord injury, are you not feeling from the waist down in that moment? Instantly. Like as soon as you Instantly. landed, you yeah. like, I can't feel. I can't feel my legs. I can't move. And then um, another thing is proprioception, which what means it's like, it's where, you, like, when you, usually you know where your body parts are. So, mm-hmm. if, like, you, you know that your leg is there. You know, like, when you're sitting on that chair, your arm is there. Mm-hmm. That's, like, your body, like, your brain's way of knowing and navigating where sure. everything is. Yeah. Spinal cord injury, you don't know where that, your parts, your right. your legs are sitting or how, what, what angle, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so... Like, as that was going on, I was like, oh, maybe it's just shock. And then once the shock subsides, I'll get that feeling back. Right, right. But I knew it was pretty serious as soon as um, the, the the OR attending and, like, the other two surgeons came down. And it was, like, midnight, right? Wow. So all of a sudden, there's three surgeons. And they're like, we're going to take you into surgery immediately. And then that's when I kind of, like, So you're 19. You're yeah. old enough to be making your own medical decisions. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you're, like, wait, let me think about it and talk to my parents or, like, figure out insurance stuff? Or are you oh. just, like fucking do what you gotta do i remember actually so mark mckell was um a resident he was a he was one of the resident surgeons so he was uh in medical school Mm -hmm. and he was the one who was like going through everything we ended up becoming really good friends he's still a good friend of mine right today and he gave me all this paper he was explaining what was going to happen he was like signed uh we're gonna put you in surgery I wasn't really thinking about it but he was like we have to put you in surgery and so and are they telling you what they're going to do like they told me that, yeah, there, um, it was a burst fracture. We're going to have to basically um, line up your the rest of your vertebrae because everything was, like, jumbled around right. and align it with two metal rods, screws, stabilize wow. you, and do bone graft. So what happened with T9, like a burst fracture, is that the impact was so big that it's not a break or a crack. Right. It just literally explodes. Whoa, so there was no more vertebrae. Shattered, so I actually lost an inch of height. No way! Yeah, so, like, imagine, like, if you don't have any vertebrae, then nothing's supporting you. You go down. Wow. And so they had to decompress my spine to, like, realign it and then make a bone graft to make a, like, a, a replace that vertebrae. Right. So you're going into surgery to basically rebuild your parts of your yeah. spine. Yeah. And, and titanium and everything. We're titanium buddies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so most people, when they hear about SCIs or spinal cord injuries, mm-hmm. you're, like, inches away from... Yes, a lot of time. Yeah. Like if you snap your neck or if you're in an accident with yeah. your back. Like, time is very critical. Yeah. yeah. So are you at all in that mindset of thinking of, of the, what's the word, criticalness, <laughs> the criticalness of yeah. the situation? Or are you just still playing... I think I, I, I think I at that point I, I was I wanted to be hyper aware so I didn't want to fall asleep I was I was very tired mm-hmm. but I was like I can't fall asleep like, if mm-hmm. I fall asleep maybe I, you know something, something will happen happens, yeah right. so I just had all that adrenaline was yeah. like rushing through and wow. then I mean yeah, but with, like, yeah but it's great within eight hours I was in surgery 
it was an eight-hour surgery, woke up in the morning, and then I was in ICU for two weeks. Two weeks. So you mm. wake up, I'm assuming your mom's not there yet? No, my mom was, my mom was there, like, that morning. <laughs> she was like, yeah. She, yeah, she got, the, the she got that quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're waking up, you're in ICU for two weeks. When does your mentality kind of start to shift? I think I, that, that, that first two weeks was a blur. Mm-hmm. But then, so Dr. Mark McKell, like, who's my friend now, he kept checking up on me. So the other two surgeons were so busy that, like, you know, they, this is routine, spinal cord injury. They take care of it. You know, they'll follow up later. But Mark, like, just took an interest. Took an interest. Yeah. He kept checking me on me every day. And what was crazy was that he noticed that I wasn't, I wasn't healing like mm. a lot like the the liquid that was coming out the the discharge mm. was had a lot of um what was the word but it was like the, yeah whatever <laughs> it's called but they they were giving me all these like antibiotics to try to kill that bacteria okay. and then even vancomycin which is like the strongest right. have Holy you tried that no i wish it was, i mean one dose and my vein was done so that every dose they had to replace a different vein wow because like they they wanted to kill that bacteria right after the second week, Mark was like, you're not getting better, and this, this antibiotic's not working on you. We're, we're going to have to put you back into surgery to flush your spine. So within, like, two weeks after my first surgery, I had to do another surgery to cut back open and flush the spine because that bacteria wasn't, right. wasn't going away. But, so you're under all kinds of meds and, yeah. and painkillers and stuff. So, this so that was, like, a blur for you. It was kind of a blur, yeah. I yeah. can't really remember too many of the details. But and like but our, Mark, in a lot of ways, yeah. saved my life. Because really? if, if he didn't check up on it, they would have kept trying to do this antibiotic, and I got really sick. Right. I was already – and I, I because of the lung, mm. I got um, – not not pneumonia, but what's the other one? Uh, what's – Typhus. <laughs> Some, uh, bron- bronchitis. Oh, okay. But I think bronchitis. <laughs> but yeah, bronchitis, some, chest, coughing, yeah, Happy it was. Yeah, but Mark kept checking on me. Thank, thank, thank God, God he did. did. Yeah. Yeah. So you're 19 at the time. 19. And, and I, I spent the next six months in the hospital. Six months. Yeah. Are you we even have. like? Are you recognizing the amount of work that is lying ahead of you? Like. You yeah, know, I dropped out. Of, like, I had to withdraw from school. Are you in college at this point? Yeah, I was a sophomore in college. Wow. Yeah. Sophomore so are you? Uh, you you made a really beautiful Instagram post on February of this year because it was the ten year anniversary. Ten years, yeah. How you talked about in the beginning you were super optimistic mm-hmm. and, and you kind of were. Would you say a bit of denial? Hundred percent denial. Yeah, I think I think the doctors as soon as as soon as woke up they're like you'll never walk again. Oh, um, you're gonna be in the wheel. You're gonna be in wheelchair for the rest of your life and your life's gonna be like very different X Y Z and like going through all the things that and. 19 I was like I thought it was invincible you know like I was like what are you talking about like I ran cross-country and track I grew up doing martial arts like I was like how can like what that doesn't make sense that's not me like and yeah it was part denial I was like in six months things are gonna get better I'm gonna walk out of this hospital Mm -hmm. and I think that first six months I was like very optimistic Mm -hmm. and like delusionally kind of happy and I I think that was like my defense mechanism I think that was like my way of coping with it and I think when reality started to sink in that's when I was like, oh, like, now what do I do? And I re-enrolled into school that September. Wow, that's ambitious as fuck. So, so, well, I did part-time, and then I did outpatient rehab for, like, mm. in, like a while. Right. So I did, within, like, two two years, it was, like, 15 surgeries. Oh. So, like, I was never, can, could never do full-time. Yeah, because you're dealing with yeah. the reality of the situation. Yeah. And so I want to ask about, like, family and friends mm-hmm. during this time, because I feel like, when you're dealing with really like any kind of chronic injury or illness, like a lot of times 
you want to be the the happy one because you're like, don't worry about me, guys. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, like, maybe people don't know what to say or, like, how to exactly. be there for you. Were you letting people be there for you? Were you allowing that, like, sort of vulnerability at that time? Because 19 also, as yeah. a dude, you're just Stuffer. not, like, fucking touch <laughs> with that emotion. Like, I mean, I'll start off by saying, like, I have the best friends and family in the world. I really okay. have the best friends. <laughs> <laughs> you did. But, I mean, I wouldn't be here, honestly, without mm. that support system. I would, I mean, I just couldn't have processed yeah. that alone. And yeah. um, I think at the time... People wanted. People came to visit because I was in the hospital for six right, months, so. and then you know, people. You kind of really know who your friends are that like are really like really care and like you know spend their Saturdays or their weekends driving four hours. Oh to wow! Some... You didn't move back down. To... No, I was I, I was in Loma Linda for two months right after the surgery, mm-hmm. and then I did four months of rehab at Casa Clean in like Pomona. Oh wow! And I lived there. Holy shit! So like when people are commuting from San Diego, that's like a. Mm-hmm. Four, right, four right, hour drive. Right. So people are really committing to like yeah to the time and bringing that energy. Yeah. That and that was kind of yeah and that healing. Like yeah. I look back on in hindsight, but like that gave me the energy to like put a smile and like mm-hmm. you know play card games and you know watch a movie together. But like they're sitting next to me on my bedside, right. you know, and it's like kind of it's a beautiful thing. It like, is. You talk about like you don't think you would be here without them, and mm-hmm. maybe this is kind of deep, but like you know. The thing I have is called the suicide disease because yeah. so many people killed themselves because there was no there there was no treatment, there was no hope to mm-hmm. look forward to, and so I, you know, I've definitely been in those deep deep ends where you're like, why me? Yeah. Why the fuck did this happen? How, how many ways could I have avoided this? Could I have gone to a different surgeon? Could I have, you know? done something different with my life could I at another place another time what would my life look like and yeah. something in therapy I had to learn was like how to mourn my previous life because I realistically if I think about it in like a macro sense I get really fucking overwhelmed and I'm like yeah. if this is my everyday life like I, I can't I, do I back it. out yeah so did you suicide is actually the number one cause of death for spinal cord injury if no, you survive the sun, yeah I mean, it doesn't surprise me. And I, like, I was always a numbers-oriented person, so like, I would always think about that. I was like, "That's not going to happen to me." Mm-hmm. And then there's some days where I'm like, "Man, fuck, that might happen to me." And then, and I was like, "I get the statistic. Like, I can, I can relate to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's really hard. It's not just the physical, but the mental and emotional that come with totally. it." Totally. And I don't think um, people talk about that emotional side. Yeah. Of that. Like the mental, what it does. Absolutely. I said, I mean, I hate to say it, but like you're one of the happiest motherfuckers I know. Like your <laughs> your attitude and your positivity is Thank just you. annoyingly so <laughs> so positive. <laughs> I, but do you feel like that that came with what happened? No, I you think I was always this way. Yeah. I think. One of my best friends in the world, uh, Brandon, we grew up together. He, he knew me from, like, the day I came back from the hospital. Wow. So Brandon's four years older than me. His brother, Kelsey, is four years older than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then my sister's four years older. So we're all four years apart, and so we grew up together. Right, and, yeah. and Brandon was my best friend growing up, and, and when he saw me, he came to visit. Mm-hmm. He was like, man, you're still the same person now, but you're just in the chair chilling. <laughs> But that that made me smile because I was like, okay, I'm still the same person. Yeah. The personality is the same, but the way I move around the world and navigate is different, yeah. but that doesn't change who I am inside. Right. It gave me a huge perspective mm-hmm. and appreciation for life and not taking things for granted. Mm-hmm. But at the core, I was always like, you know, kind yeah. of a happy-go-lucky a kid. Or no, yeah. no, I wouldn't say that. No, but. <laughs> I think I was just like, yeah, I just always wanted to have fun, like laugh yeah. and, 
and it took some time to get to that point. Yeah. You know, like to be genuine about it. I think the first yeah. two years were really hard. Yeah. yeah. Fake yeah. it till you make it was like a real thing. Yeah. And so like kind of opting out of life, did you ever make a decision in your head? Like you said you didn't want to be a statistic or whatever. Yeah. Did you ever make a, a promise to yourself of like, I'm not going to, that's not going to be me. It's not even an option. There was, I think the stubborn side of me was like, oh, okay, I'm going to give it one year. And if I, if I'm, if I can walk after a year, then I'm fine. And then the one year pass, I'm like, oh, now I can, let's go two years. Mm-hmm. And then. I don't know, I kept, like, it was like dangling a carrot in front of my own mind, mind. and yeah. then I was like, just, I can't think too far in the future, like you said, it was right. like too overwhelming, right. so let's take it day by day, step by step, right. and that's really kind of what How helped. You got it. But it's, but at the same time, it's like the friends and the family that really, right. like, hey, Ryan, what are you doing? They come down to visit, and that was like really mm-hmm. the motivation for me. Yeah, totally. I want to ask you a little bit about... Uh, having to ask for help or having mm-hmm. to learn how to ask for help. I'm someone that cannot ask for a fucking favor. Yeah, me. <laughs> on a really bad pain day, if I have, like, a pigeon or something, and I'm like, I can't fucking skip this, like, yeah. I would rather be the person that powers through it and then, like, is in bed for eight hours afterwards. I'm the same way as you. Do you think that's a good quality about us? <laughs> I think I think that's a – I think we'd be – that's what you define resilience as, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you kind of power through. Like, I, I think sometimes, like, powering through too much and, like, not listening to your body right. is can be detrimental, but right. it, that defines who you are, and that's right. what that's what people love about and you so you know, much. I get annoyed when people are like, I can't believe all the things you've done with what you have. Yeah, and, like, that's frustrating. Family. And I'm like, bitch, I would have <laughs> been doing this shit anyway. Yeah, like, I would do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. I think I think when people are like, "Oh, I feel so bad for you," I'm like, "Don't feel bad for me." People say that to you because I, some some people like random people here and there, oh like, God. and I'm like, "Don't feel bad for me." Like it's like I think if you feel bad for someone, then you have something about in your own life that you mm-hmm. feel bad about. Mm-hmm. But if you if you can empathize with someone, I think there's a big difference between totally. like feeling bad, but it's like, "Oh, I can understand that situation." Because right. like. A lot of people have not gone through what I've gone through, right. I, and a lot of people haven't gone through I what you. But everybody has their story, mm-hmm. so everybody in the world has something that yeah. they're going through. But if you can all like you know collectively realize that, then right. it just makes life easier to digest. So you're now a guy in your twenties mm-hmm. going through you know twenty year old guy shit, yeah. and you've been thrown this kind of curveball in life. Mm-hmm. Was it? Did you experience any challenges of like having to figure out? how to be in a, in a different mindset, like, in that tender age. Mm-hmm. So I feel like something, when if this were to happen to someone young, and this is kind of, like, all they've ever known, or, or yeah. you know, it happens to someone, you know. From birth. From birth, or, or, yeah. yeah. Or, like, in their old age, where they're like, this is something I choose or I need. Right. Um, what kind of struggles did you go through, kind of relearning or... Or learning how to navigate, like, was dating difficult ever for you to even think about in the beginning? Yeah, there's a lot of self-doubt. I think think a lot of the times it's like, okay, what can I do? And I think in the beginning, I focused on a lot of things I couldn't do anymore that or that wouldn't Mm. be the same. You know, like, we surfed a lot, and then we were skating, we are you know, snowboarding. And, like, all this stuff that I was like, oh, it's going to be different. And if it's different, then, you know, maybe I don't want to try it. Mm. But I think the stubborn side kind of always comes out. So it's like, you know, I... As soon as I could get a car again, I got that car. Yeah. Like I did, I did driving lessons while I was in rehab. That wow. first six months, yeah. I was like, I'm gonna get a car Fuck real yeah. quick. Um, you were doing the racing, like the cycling. I started cycling shortly after college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of things where it's just You're like, like, I'm not stopping. I'm not <laughs> but it took time. Yeah. Like that first two years, like even going back to school, like 
I wouldn't go to class because I was like, oh, I don't want to go to class. And then it felt all these, like, you know, excuse My dad, who was, like, the most strict, like, <laughs> typical, stereotypical, like, yeah, tiger dad, <laughs> he was, like, like, you know, he, on Saturdays as a kid, I would do martial arts training in the morning and then golf and then back to martial Like, I would back to back and then wow. school. And, and he was the guy after my injury. He assumed that I wouldn't, I would drop out. Wow. Like, he didn't think that, he was yeah. okay after my injury that I wouldn't go back to college. Because he's trying to be... Because he, like, yeah, it was just soft. total yeah. 180. Right. Um, but I was like, um, I have to go back to school. I have to try to find some norm- normalcy, you know? Totally. And so, forced, like, kind of forcing myself to go out mm. sometimes, like, to parties or stuff like that, and then navigating. And- but, like, listening to your body, too, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, like, it's, it's important to not, like, overexert certain parts mentally or emotionally or physically. Right. Too. Did, um, did your relationship with your parents change at all? I think they, I think we got closer yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, my parents divorced when I was in third grade. Mm-hmm. And after I got hurt, my mom moved back from mm-hmm. Japan for like a year while mm-hmm. I was like transitioning. Right. And yeah, there's, it was like one of those things like, hey, we got to be on, we're all on the same did team. All, did you guys all live in the same spot? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Whoa, yeah. Oh man! No, they're 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 very they're very civil about it. Yeah, Yeah. that's pretty cool. And yeah, my parents were like, like it's funny because growing up they were like, they wanted me to do well, but they like I I never could have imagined them being like kind of like cool parents or hippie. But a lot of that started to come through. And I remember when I was in the hospital, my dad comes. This is a funny story, but. Um, he was like just kind of roaming around, just like hanging. Around. I was like, Dad, you can go, you can go home. Like you know, he was like staying by the hospital, and he was like eating all these snacks. And then he like leaves, and my mom comes, and he's like, oh, Do you know do you know why your dad's like eating all your snacks? And I was like, No. And he's like, Because he's a stonehead. And I was like, What's a stonehead? And she's like, You know, stone stonehead like like smokes weed. And I was like, What? A I was like a pothead. And then I find out all these things later that my mom and my dad used to grow weed in the backyard what? as a kid. Like they did all. They were just. They were hippies. They would go to Eagles concerts, wow. Stevie Wonder, and like holy smoke shit. Weed. Yeah. You know, I feel like the older you get, like the most beautiful gift we get as kids is recognizing our parents as humans. Yeah, and that's not parents. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, oh shit. To yeah, be able to have a drink up. with them, or like, yeah, yeah talk about, yeah. yeah, it's pretty wild. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, treatment and, and what what you chose to to do because you. Uh, you tried some really cool stuff. I mean, we've gotten to be like sort of pain pals of like exchanging yeah. tips. I'm like, hey, have you tried this thing? Have you seen this thing? Yeah, it's pretty cool. But you talk a little bit about uh, your experience with painkillers mm-hmm. after getting out of the hospital. Right. Were you just kind of given like whatever you wanted? Because that was, like, hey, man, you, you need- got to <laughs> do what you got to do. It was, I think from the moment I got injured, it was like, I was on IV of mm. what anything, right? <laughs> like Morphine every narcotics dilated, yeah. all that stuff. Oh, and then afterward, um, I just continued that in, pain, in pill form. Mm. And what I didn't realize is that I was taking that so much, like every day, like um, morphine, methadone, wow. hydrocodone, oxycon. Every day. Every day. And what I didn't realize is like my tolerance just kept getting higher and higher. And, right. and then I would go out and, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah stuff that you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. But I, I was doing it for so long that I, what I didn't realize was that the withdrawal pain from the opiates was almost as bad as what the pain was trying to treat. So I had wow. nerve pain from the, the nerve damage, low back pain, all that right, stuff. Right. Um, but I was just like every four hours, oh, like I could feel it wearing, I got to take some more. And that's a vicious, vicious cycle because yeah. anybody who 
is a drug addict never has the goal or intention of becoming a of drug course. addict. It's just a byproduct or a symptom of what happens. That's a great point. And for me, what I didn't even realize was like, oh, like I never would call myself a drug addict, but I, I was like just by the very yeah, <laughs> just by the very nature of the the the, the medications, I became right. one. And I didn't even realize that before. Like, oh wow, you know, I can't live without this kind of thing. And you don't have like anyone. You're old enough to regulate your own. Yeah, so and like, I got whatever I want. That was a crazy thing. It was right. just like no one doubted I that I was in pain. Right. And so, um, yeah, it was like maybe like two years in, and then I realized I'm, I'm just going to stop. You were going to cold turkey? And I cold turkey. No fucking way. Yeah. You that, literally went through like the worst opioid Oh, uh, like the sweats and everything. Oh, my God. And, I re- and that's when I realized. I was like, oh, wow, the opiate withdrawal pain was really that bad. And were you? And I could, it, as long as I was active and I was right. doing stuff and I was like not just focused in my own mind and my own head and my about the pain and mm-hmm. I was out like meeting new people mm-hmm. or going out and like studying or going to class like I didn't think about the pain that much so, even though it was there like if right. you're if you're looking for it you'll find it I truly believe that your brain can is so powerful anything. you your brain is so your powerful. brain can outthink pain like we've had mm-hmm. people come on talking about how like you can bring someone with a broken back and take an x-ray and they're not feeling any pain or you mm-hmm. could have someone come in and complains about body pain all over you yeah. run every test in the book and there's nothing there mm-hmm. and it really is your mind is a powerful thing i went to hypnotherapy for a while actually to learn how to outthink cool. my pain wow and how's that because i was a little bit of a creep i mean like i'm not gonna out him but he would like Yikes. text me maybe like inappropriate things that made me wonder oh, no. what was he doing if i was like under kind of thing like oh no he was just a little bit like i didn't trust him yeah. But I do believe in the practice and, like, learning that. So maybe if you find a different doctor. Exactly. That's and it's, it's not cheap, that's for sure. It's mm. not uncovered by insurance because everything's alternative and, and, of and course. style these days. Yeah. But um, I do believe that I might get a lot of flack for saying this, but, like, okay, how do I word this delicately? I think some people like being in pain. Uh, I think some people yeah. like living in that space. It's safe. It, mm-hmm. um, you know, it doesn't feel good, but it's uh, it's familiar. And I think that some people want hope is a very like fickle thing, and it, it's hard to grasp onto. So to to constantly be getting your hopes let down after treatment after treatment, I think like no wonder. Do you people, think that becomes an addiction in and of itself? Exactly. Like I kind of think that like at that point nothing's going to work for those people. Yeah. And I've found myself definitely in that's that so unfortunate before. yeah but i i don't know i feel like i want to get better so bad there's nothing i wouldn't do but i also i've don't. seen you try it like everything <laughs> I, I, I got it like stood upside down and fucking smoked weed that was a weird experience uh, <laughs> but like i feel like i also don't give it too much power like i don't know if it's not a healthy coping mechanism but i try not to think about it too much like if, if i have to remind myself every day like this is the thing like i said i would think i would just go crazy yeah, you, that yeah. would that would drive anybody insane. Right, right? Like, and it's my it's on my face. Like, how can I not think about it? Yeah, right? like mm-hmm. it's just the first thing you think of when you wake up, the first thing when you talk and you eat, and blah blah blah, whatever. Stop throwing your healthy. But I I try not to give it like a bad name or a good name in my head. I'm like, you're not my friend, but you're not my enemy. Yeah, like, it's yeah. just part of me. You know, there are lots of things I don't really like about myself. But. Do you think that all the pain that you've gone through? has given you this perspective on life where you, but highs are higher, the lows can be lower. Oh but my God, yes. I, I feel the same way. way. Yeah. Because you can't like, I, 
I, I remember one, like my favorite philosopher is Alan Watts, and he's like, you don't know what light is until you see, you're in darkness, right? Or you don't know what like soft is or, so or you until you feel something hard, and it's like skin is only soft in relation to like wood, for example. Wow. And I think for me, it was like, yeah, I was always this happy kid, and things were great. And then after this happened, like I knew how lows, like how low you can go, yeah. to the point where like you know you're contemplating like right. like maybe I want to go to sleep and then never wake up. And that's what it is. And then it's that you don't want to die, but just, I just, I just, yeah. yeah. And like that thought of like going to sleep, never being, able, n- not having to wake up and then, and then going and then waking up and you're like, no, this is a new day. And then the, the highs are just amazing. Cause like you just have a broader spectrum to compare things to. Well, speaking of fucking highs, let's talk about some of your highs <laughs> because <laughs> the shit you've accomplished, spinal cord injury or not, is insane. You've, you. you've built this business of Neuro, which I've got the product here, which you can see <laughs> on uh, youtube.com. But, like, let's talk about what the fuck Neuro is and yeah. what specifically Neuro Mint and Neuro Gum is yeah. and how the fuck you got into this business. So let's maybe start there. How the fuck did you get into it? Way back. <laughs> I mean, well, I think it starts off, like, the business is really Kent and I, like, mm-hmm. wanting to do more. And when I met Kent when I was a freshman, he was a sophomore, like, I was automatically drawn to the fact that he was training with the Olympic Judo team. He was flying to Thailand multiple times a year to fight Muay Thai. <laughs> and and he, he became a professional MMA fighter, like, while in college. And he was doing all this stuff. I did not know that. And I was so drawn to that. And so, you know, we lived together. We bonded over things like Super Smash. You know, it was just, like, little <laughs> things like that. And after I got injured, I mean, he was there for me all the time. He was one of the friends that would drive four hours or however long to just spend, you know, a couple hours with mm-hmm. me and grab food and then come back. And when I finally came back to school and I needed to, like, assimilate to everything, he was there to, like, mm-hmm. make everything feel as normal as possible. Mm-hmm. And first and foremost, we were just, like, really good friends. And when I – after we graduated, one of the things that we wanted to do was, like, keep going. And, and so I started wheelchair racing. I started doing marathons, hand cycling. And then he was ba- – I was, like, so tired because I was trying to bounce mm-hmm. the stuff. And Kent was giving me these, like – you know, energy pills that he would make and like Wait, he would make them. He would make them in his dorm room, and he would Are like. You like not even questioning this coming off an opioid addiction. So yeah, I think I gave him a lot of trust, but he was he you know he studied neuroscience. I did chem, and I was like, wait, what are you mixing together? And like he was just like a he scar faced like, in. Neuroscientist. He he studied neuroscience. That was his major. That's yeah. So Never ceases to amaze me. Yes. I learn something about that motherfucker every day. He's a cool guy. Yeah, I'm company. like, he was his own guinea pig, and then I was down to be another one, and it worked. And so yeah. essentially, like those pills um, were like version zero of Neurogum, right? Mm. And it worked for a long time. We were taking it for years, and it wasn't until we were getting our scuba certification that we were really tired, and we we wanted to like, I was like, oh, do you have any of the energy pillows he was like no do you and I was like no I'm I wouldn't be asking you if I had them like you know and we kind of realized that it was like inconvenient to like mm. carry pills and it's really hard to share so if mm. there's like eight other people getting certified that we had just met but like they're just as tired as we are and I'm like hey do you want these energy pills and there's like some sketch factor of to course. that right I'm like, no, you but if we were we were like if we were able to put that same exact formulation but just change the medium mm. something as friendly as like gum mm. and mints yeah. and like that, that's like as approachable Mm -hmm. maybe we have something and so we kind of sat on that idea for like a year i got the job at hulu kent uh then moved from fighting to becoming a muralist for the city of la and just like insane and we just kind of got busy and we just sat on that idea for a bit and um just turned to google and like let's you know let's just try like if we don't try then we'll never know and we'll always like regret the things that we don't 
mm-hmm. do. And so we, we found an amazing manufacturer after calling so many and they're so willing just, to try. Like, Googled manufacturers? Like, Gun manufacturer. Yeah. And we exhausted all of the resources in the U.S. because they wouldn't take us seriously. And then we finally found an amazing manufacturer up in Canada and they're one of the best people to work with. And we've. And what are you saying to them when you're deep partnership with them? We want to make like brain mint? We want to make a cognitive, like energy and focus gum and mint. Uh-huh. And we had all the research with caffeine and L-theanine as a... L-theanine, that shit, amazing. A lot of people don't know about L-theanine. Can you explain but to... Because 99% yeah. people probably don't know. L-theanine, L-theanine is, is commonly found, and it's one of the uh, amino acids in green tea. And mm-hmm. it's like if you take L-theanine alone, it gives you kind of this calm, kind of more relaxed feeling. Mm-hmm. It's actually great for anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so like dosage around like 200 is, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you couple it with caffeine, it reduces the jitters of caffeine and the anxiety that caffeine can induce. And it's like a really good combination. So and if it's you, like the only, it's the only thing small enough to bring a supplement into your brain, right? Because like your brain has all these blockers that keep shit out from mm-hmm. like toxifying it. But L-theanine, right? Or is that GABA? That's GABA. Oh, <laughs> but like, we're actually, what are you talking about? But we're, <laughs> like, uh, but we're actually making a, a neuro, like, calm product. So we're mm. going to have GABA, D, vitamin D3, and L-theanine in it. Okay, sorry. So, so go back to L-theanine. But L-theanine is that amino acid in green tea, and it's kind of when you drink, like, a cup of tea, you feel a little bit more calm and, like, Mm -hmm. that little, like, kind of, like, that buzz that you get. Yeah. Yeah, A focus. It's more like a focus. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Not cracked out, not, like, you know, jittery, like, energy, but, like, more of a a focused energy. Yeah. And we we didn't reinvent, like, there was so much research behind it, like, hundreds of articles. So we just took all this hard work that everybody else did, and we just repurposed it into gum and mints. So when you're, you get a manufacturer on board. We launched 2015, end of 2015. You are giving like all of your friends product. I remember. Do you remember it? In the Ziploc bags? And they tasted like shit. They were so bad. (laughs) But I don't know. I think. It worked, but it didn't taste good. And I think people were really sort of with the taste because they're like the effects. Yeah. So great. But you, you, you use the comp that like it's a cup of coffee and a mint, right? Or it's it's half a cup of coffee worth of caffeine, but we oh. use natural green tea caffeine. So it's like instead of having coffee in the morning, someone could grab yeah, you can grab this and, mint mm-hmm. and have just as much focus. Yeah, if you pop two, it's it's you, actually you faster because oh, why? the reason so with gum mints, you're you're chewing it or you're absorbing it uh, bucally. Yeah, and bucally. I don't know. So bucally is like uh, along your cheeks. Okay. So you have you have. Um, you have, you have, your body has the ability to absorb the active ingredients in your okay. cheeks versus like if you're drinking coffee or energy drinks, it has to go through your stomach, right. get go through all that bile, right. and then absorb oh, through your stomach. Is that therapist helped me to chew my Klonopin rather than swallowing it? It's faster, absorbed yeah. a lot faster. Okay, sorry, so like, a lot, like Claritin, like you know those like yeah, ready tabs? Ready that, those just absorb a lot faster mm. than a pill form. Okay. So we kind of stumbled that on accident. I was like, oh, gum mints are more convenient, but it's also faster than drinks or pills. Right. So it's just an added benefit that we found throughout the process. Hey, lovely listeners, Kelsey Dara here. I just wanted to let you know, I know we're having a couple audio issues with this episode with the popping and whatnot, but don't worry, they aren't over yet. For the next 10 minutes, our microphone battery actually died. So that's why this sound is about to sound a little bit funky, but don't fret, don't fret. It's only 10 minutes and then we will back to being those beautiful radio host voices. I just didn't want to lose this beautiful part of the combo. So please keep listening and enjoying Ryan Chen.
go like dog this is taking off it was it was <laughs> it was about a year and a half into it when things started to really pick up like after we had launched we got picked up by like time and dr oz and new yorker for oh, like shit. all this stuff because it was like no one had really made functional gum and mints before so it was oh, a kind of a u- unique story right are you marketing it as like the first of its kind like, we were we were literally that? just scraping like like h-a-r-l like help a reporter out and like we're just like f- it was like a, it's like a platform where like you could just find reporters and stuff oh, cool. so we're just emailing email blasting, blasting all these people and see who would pick it up and buzzfeed was actually big. thank god i was like if i can't bring this through for my friends <laughs> Yeah, that was amazing. But you were, like, sending them out like crack. Yeah, and then seeing who would pick it up, and a lot of, we got a lot of earnings. Because it worked. It worked. I know that you got some, like, celebrity fans of this product, (laughs) too, because everyone we handed out to loved it. Do you consider me a celebrity endorser of your product? You are 100% a celebrity endorser. Thank you so much. (laughs) So, okay, let's talk about this giant life change of moving careers. Like, you're, you obviously have so much fire behind this product. Like, let's talk about millions, dog. How do I get in the millions club? How do I get on? I feel like you already are. Bitch, if people (laughs) think I'm making millions off of this podcast, you guys are smoking crack. Uh, (laughs) How are you like, Forbes 30 under 30, how did you cross over from like, okay, I have a successful business to like, I'm winning awards, I'm just hosing boats, money. No, it's not like that's a (laughs) constant struggle. Yachts, just mad yachts. Yeah, yeah. Like, when are you... I mean, like, how are you defining success in this in this crazy, that's crazy. startup world? It's funny because like, it was it was not even that long ago when we were when we first got our shipment down from uh, our manufacturer, we didn't have a warehouse. So when when the truck pulled up, they pulled up in Kent's condo in downtown <laughs> LA, and there was no like f- you know uh, pull up door, freight like door, freight door, yeah. anything like that. So we had to do like pallet by pallet inside, oh, box by box, and we would stack it at Kent's place. And we, that was like our inventory for like the first year. And we would go to the post office every single day. And they're like, hey, guys. <laughs> and we knew the post office people really well. Right. Because we would like, you know. Be passing it, out neurons. Sometimes <laughs> they'd be like, oh, we got a couple orders. And then like some, it would be like hundreds of orders. And then like we would make like multiple trips a day to the post office. So are you like at the stage now where this is being carried places? Yeah. So we're um, just this year. So we've been almost all e-commerce for... Like Which means what years. for people that don't know business? Like online. So okay. like buying it on our website, Amazon. Yeah. Which then, is like Etsy. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, this year was the first time we, we entered retail. So we got into 5,000 CVS stores. Bitch, my boy <laughs> got CVS money. <laughs> Um, Excuse you, that's a big fucking deal. That's pretty wild. Or, or at this point, are you just like not even like recognize that as as high highs? I think I think we recognize it and we try to we celebrate it and we try to embrace it as much as we can. But there's so much work that comes along with it. So we're just like we gotta we gotta make sure that we could ship five thousand stores. Really hard to ship five thousand stores, and um, we started off with three stores in December. And then they were supposed to go up to like 15 CVSs in January. And then like, they're like, oh, actually we're gonna put you in 3,000. Can you ship in two and a half weeks? And I said, yes. <gasps> and we couldn't do that. You fucking maniac, <laughs> what happened? We actually pulled it off. We, we made it work. We had, we have a, a deep exclusive partnership with our manufacturers. And yeah. one of them was actually an investor. So they Oh, so it's a lot for them it. too. It's, it's a, successful. It, yeah, it's a win-win for both sides. Yeah. And so. So did you ever hit? any snags like any roadblocks in all this the time, business all the time and there's there's multiple times where kent and i were like maybe maybe this is a good run maybe we should you mm. know do our thing like kent obviously had a lot of amazing 
like Other... move uh, like momentum in yeah. the art world. He was getting painted the largest mural in Shanghai. Oh my god! <laughs> like he was the official muralist for the city of LA. Like Eric Garcetti gave him an award. It's like he had so many opportunities, and like I was like maybe I can go back to like a oh, corporate thing, yeah. but. At the same time, we were just like, no, this is our baby. Like, we're yeah. gonna do whatever it takes to make it work. And yeah. I mean, we didn't we, we didn't pay ourselves any salary. We were just taking wow. what we could and reinvesting everything in the business. Holy we we shit. didn't take salary for the first three three years. That's insane. Because I hear like with startups that you, once you get like funding, you're paying yourself. You're funded. What we didn't, we just kept reinvesting. Wow. Because we were just because. How are you survive? Is this just like you had savings on your own or? I, oh, like my 401k at Hulu, it took that penalty, cashed everything. Oh my God, yeah. that's a huge fucking risk and 99% of startups don't huge succeed at all. I was like, okay, like, well, yeah, we're just moving around, but it, it's rare to have a co-founder that can also take that sacrifice. Right. He was also making money on like doing the right. art. I was working at Hulu at the time, so we both had, you know, like big something, some yeah. big commitments and Hulu at the same time was kind of a startup still yeah, back in like 2013 it wasn't right? popping off the way it was yeah people were like oh hulu with ads but now it's like who is <laughs> fucking kicking ass but um <laughs> fucking love my hulu you can watch my new show dating no filter coming out august 6th second season on, on hulu, hulu? Yes. <laughs> yes i'll definitely check shameless it out. fucking plug Jesus i want to definitely check it out wow. um so okay let's talk a little bit about forbes 30 under 30 dog mm-hmm. do you apply for that does someone have to nominate you are you like done now that you've succeeded before 30 no. are you like i peaked <laughs> I, I think this is just hopefully the beginning, but yeah. uh, we had a, pe- a couple people who like wanted to nominate us, and and then I filled out the application process. And, um, just another tick on your your tier of successes no, in no. the last couple <laughs> years. What That's does uh, new opportunities come with that? Anyone who doesn't know, Forbes is like a big magazine website mm-hmm. thing, and it's a really big deal, and they pick. 30 people under the age of 30 in a certain vertical. So mm-hmm. what was yours? Wellness? Or? For food and beverage, actually. What? Because it's not big, in, yeah. <laughs> Somehow I mean, we it makes to find sense, a way. though. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. And it's like a big fucking deal. Have big opportunities come from that? Or is it more just like One of the cool ones. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities that come yeah. from that. And a lot of really cool trips. So actually, we, so me, Kent, Matt, and Mike, we went to Israel for the Forbes 30 Under 30 uh, trip out there. It was like a woman's summit. And it was like, what were you doing there? No, they wanted to invite more people, but they wanted to celebrate like women entrepreneurs, women leaders, and it was awesome. We got to tour Israel like for ten days. Like, one of the the craziest thing was, um, you know, the Tower of David. Yeah, like with the small dick. With what? Because it's my Tower of David. <laughs> Not the st- oh Statue of David. Sta- <laughs> Ignore my ignorant comments. Carry on. The Tower of David is like twenty five hundred years. Was like a castle, yeah. and um, they like rented out and they had a like, concert inside. Oh my god! It was like I was like bougie. Yeah, it was amazing. But so I hate to ask stuff. this question, but like looking back at your mindset, eight seven years prior to like being in a concert hall in the statue of David or whatever. Like, did you ever think you were going to get out of that headspace? I would have never been able one. I wouldn't, I, I always felt like I wanted to start a company. I just didn't know what, but if you asked me 10 years ago, what company I would probably not have said government, like no. out of a thousand different answers. Right. Um, and to see like kind of that, like how low I was at one mm. point to being able to, kind of like start a company with one of my best friends. It's like, that, that to me, that's success. And going back to your question, yeah. I, I feel like in a lot of ways, we've kind of made it in that sense that we've gotten to build something together. Right. And, and that's, that's, it's been fun. You, Just trying to enjoy like the journey. Job. I love my job. <laughs> 
So being a CEO or I'm a C- CFO. We're, CFO. We're both I'm like, whatever. You're yeah. the boss. Yeah. Being a boss who also has to deal with a chronic pain condition, like, you know, I try not to let anything be an excuse for me. Like, oh, do yeah. you ever have to think of like, you know, that you have to start off on a different tier than people? Like, I always think like this person who I'm in a business meeting with, like, doesn't know my story or, like, doesn't mm. know that the amount that it takes me to, like, get here and do this yeah. every day. And, like, it might just be a me feeling sorry for myself kind of thing. Like, yeah. do you, when you're the boss, do you ever feel like you have time to feel sorry for yourself? I think in the beginning when we were first starting out and we were going into these meetings, like, I would think, like, the first thing I would think about is, like, oh, what would they think about me? Like, mm. oh, like, this kid in a wheelchair. Like, like oh, like, what happened? And then all these questions. But now I don't really think about that. Like, I, I would hope that our business and, like, the, the way product, we, the yeah. product speaks for itself. And if they have time to know about our backstory, then but great. But I think I try not to think about any It was, like, an early thing. Yeah. It was an early thing. And I think that's part of the process. That's like anyone goes through, right? Like yeah, I, I, everyone's like irregardless of injury, I think it's just like you're going into a meeting for the first time, you're going to be you're nervous, nervous you're, you're going to be thinking a million things that they're never going to be thinking of. Yeah. Do people ever feel like they have the um like do people ever just come up to you and say like what happened or like sometimes. Do you have any weird experiences with that being in a wheelchair? I think sometimes people are just na- I think people are just naturally, naturally curious. curious and I don't fault anybody for being curious. I think mm. that's I think it's a great like attribute have like, people questions. should be curious and yeah. and some people who actually have the courage to come up to a stranger and ask I'll, I'm more than happy to talk that's a good attitude to have I feel yeah. like I, I mean it's it's it doesn't happen all that often but when they do I definitely take the time to yeah. explain and and they're like, oh, and they're gen- generally curious. Yeah, they're, most people are good curious, intentioned, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, they're good intentioned. If yeah. they're, they're curious enough to ask, then they're definitely curious enough to listen. And we're back! <laughs> <laughs> um, and in case the viewers are wondering, we both put in some neuro mint. So if you hear us ASMR and just like, oh, God, that sounds great. That's what this is. And they taste really good. The formula has changed, eh? A lot. Why are you smiling? Has it been hard? <laughs> it, it, it's about 26 iterations that we've done since we started to get to work. How many iterations do you remember, can there be? Do you remember the Ziploc? When we yes. first started out with Ziploc bags. Yes. And and you kind of know who your honest friends are because when I was sampling around at Hulu, people were just like, oh, yeah, yeah. And so other people were like, this is like shit. Like, <laughs> like my managers like spat it out right away. <laughs> and and to go now, like people are like, oh, this is just really good gum. What or about really it good taste Caffeine is so bitter. bitter. That's why tea, coffee, all these things are bitter. But pure caffeine is the most one of the most gnarly things. I also just learned this past week from Dr. Andrew, who was also a guest on here, is that you can train your bitter profile. Mm -hmm. Because I was talking to him about how I hate black coffee or coffee in general. Oh, you don't like bitter. I hate bitter. So the fact that I'm able to do this version is really good because I have a very sensitive bitter profile. So I should be your like testimony number one. Yeah. We have a lot of versions. You want? To, yeah. Yeah. We have like a ginger chai flavor, oh, wait, honey what? lemon. We got You're a lot going of cool. In like that? Yeah, we're going. In, well, so we're doing a neurocom with GABA D three, mm-hmm. um, and L theanine, and we're making a ginger chai flavor, honey lemon. That's so if you want to try, like a mint or a tea or. Uh, it's a it's a gum and a mint. So mm, both. That would actually be my favorite because. A, you I like ginger chai? And I literally had one before I came oh. here. All right, you you you'll be the first be little guinea I'll pig. Right. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about what GABA is, because I remember you texted me like, hey, have you ever tried GABA? And I was like, what is this guy talking about? But I had heard a lot about it in the mental health space and the anxiety community. Yeah. So what is that and how are you putting it in GABA and making it feel better? 
I mean, GABA is just great for like common relaxation. I think it's 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 a product that we were experimenting with for a while, and then we're that's one kind of the segue. It's like neuro. Like our goal was not just to have an energy gum anymore, an energy mint, but like anything functional gum and mint that we anything that you could put in the put in your mouth. <laughs> anything that sits in the medicine cabinet. Our goal was to put it in your pocket, and that that became cool. the really like, broad and audacious goal yeah. and as we started experimenting with things like GABA or D3 and even daily vitamin gum mm-hmm. we're like we can do this and I no one's really done it. and the hardest thing is to make it taste good because a lot of these vitamins taste really bad caffeine tastes really bad yeah L-theanine has this like funky sometimes like um, umami flavor Ooh. but we do our best to mask it with like you know natural like strong menthol so it's like this is the best version I think it's bad. really cool yeah cool um, I want to ask about like the future of neuro and like you mentioned GABA and where do you, what do you see in the next year for you personally and you as you're a business owner because I, I don't know if we really got to talk about it but I wanted to mention you did something really cool recently which yeah. was you walked yeah for the first time in an like, exoskeleton yeah it's an exos it was like a, it was like an Iron Man suit <laughs> so tell me about that how the yeah. fuck did you Find that. What was it like? Tell me so I think speaking, going back to like, it, so I met the founder in Israel. So that, during the Forbes 30 trip, um, one of my friends was like, you got to meet Dr. Amit. And I was like, who's that? And he's like, he's the founder of Rewalk. And I was like, what's that? He's like this oh exoskeleton God, suit. And yeah, and he was incredible. I got to meet him. We went up to the north part of Israel called Haifa and met him and his team. And he, just a backstory, he's like one of the greatest inventors. You go to his office, he has photos with him and Obama and like Whoa. the prime minister of Israel. Like oh, he's just like geez, one of the, Obama, he was, <laughs> he was like, he's like one of the best inventors. And when he was 27, for example, he came up with an MRI brain scanning machine. He sold to Medtronic at 27, like oh, crazy stuff like that. <laughs> and um, in his 40s, he got in a bad ATV accident. He was actually mm. became a quadriplegic. Oh man. And what happened was when he was in the hospital, he was in the hospital room with a paraplegic. Oh wow. And he had built this exoskeleton suit, I think, originally for, like, the military to, like, carry heavier loads. And he's like, wait, I can pivot this. To, I can make this technology for paraplegics to walk again. Yeah. And that idea from the hospital, pip, like, evolved into Rewalk, which is so this incredible he's company. the guy who is kind of pushing the game on this Yeah. Thing. He's just this mastermind behind all of it. And, and it's literally like an Iron Man suit it's that like, you put on, like, pants? It's, it's like kind of a, yeah, you strap it on. It's... It's crazy because it's you don't feel that way. It carries you completely. Um, it has like a pretty natural gait and go up and down stairs. And how I got did to you try. Like it? It. So when I when we went to Israel, we got to see it, and then I got to try it for the first time in LA. And what was crazy was there's three hospitals in Southern California that do it. The one that I got paired up with was Casa Clean, the same hospital I did my original rehab Holy ten years ago. Shit. So talk about full circle. circle like I, fucking yeah, I was fucking crazy. <laughs> And I saw, like, familiar faces that were, like, physical therapists that were still there, like, oh, 10 years wow. later. And they got to see you Yeah, and it was crazy. And, and yeah, Marcus, Kent, uh, Matt, like, some of my best friends, like, yeah. got to see that and was, like... Uh, yeah, I actually got to go with you the first time I went skiing. skiing. Yeah. And what's it called? Man- Monoskiing. Mono that was a fun trip. Was- Ibble Dibble? Yeah, I tell people about Ibble Dibble all the fucking time. It's a drinking game. It's one of the best games. It involves a burnt cork and spots on your face. Yeah. If you know what Ibble Dibble is, 
please leave a comment below because that was the first time and only time I've ever that was, played that game. Yeah, that was the first time I think almost all of us played, except Marcus, who knew the game and taught us. And but. Marcus has nude photos of me somewhere <laughs> in the cloud of me from that trip. That's how crazy we fucking got. But, like, yeah, going, going with you guys on that trip was pretty epic. And you going up on the mountain was like... That was the first time. Yeah. And I was like, I couldn't get used to it. And like what, I went, I think I went a couple months later when we were touring No Cameras Allowed. Mm -hmm. And then we, Marcus and I went to Aspen. Oh, and yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, we got, like, I just skied 40 miles in like two days and so picked it up. Like it was like one of those things where it's like, I kept falling in the beginning. Yeah. Like, it was like really hard. And, and I, I, I got to like, click. I feel like everyone there was kind of like, we were going to react based off of how you reacted because mm. we thought it was fucking awesome. I remember being like, oh my God, this is so cool. Yeah. But I didn't want to like overreact either or like, I just wanted to. That's very it. kind of you. But is right? it? No, it's not though. It's like, I just want to be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think in that situation, I, I had sure a great time. Like, right, right. Like, that was just so epic to see. I think the thing I thought about the most was like, oh, I should have done this sooner. Like, oh, I really? yeah, that was like the first thing that crossed my mind was like, someone was like, were you nervous going back? And I was like, no, because like I had to focus so much on not falling that I'm not thinking about right. like anything else. Right. You're like, I don't have time I'm like, for trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm fucking doing a fucking yeah. 40 miles an hour downhill. I gotta focus. Yeah. So, uh, so with this exoskeleton, mm -hmm. are you like for people who have never heard of like reframe or exoskeleton in general? Like, how do you get one? Like, are you gonna yeah. get one? Is That's the goal. Is this yeah. changing the way we look at injury? Like yeah, when I met, so the person who demonstrated it for me in Israel was a similar injury to me for like 30 years or something. Wow. And he uses it every day to get, just get around. So he he kind of uses both the chair and walking, but mm. he uses like three, three and a half hours a day. Wow. Um, and it's pretty cool. Like it's really changes like your yeah. life. And um, what's cool is Rewalk just announced a exoskeleton for stroke patients. It's six pounds. It's a soft exoskeleton. What? Because usually when it's you have a stroke, yeah. But usually, like when you have a stroke, it's like you you face some type of paralysis on one side right, or the right. other, and this exoskeleton basically helps you attain a more normal gait and eventually helps you recover faster. So, like, dumb question: Why aren't these fucking everywhere? Why aren't we giving one to everyone in a chair? Like, I I feel like we should. I <laughs> I, can't give <laughs> I I think in Israel it's very common, mm -hmm. and then in the U.S. if you're a veteran, it's like covered and. Rewalk just got approval from a couple insurance companies to now approve it 100%. Oh, wow. So my goal is to, like, find, you know, go through that process. Wow. And you know insurance stuff. But, uh, it's it's going to be an uphill battle, but I'm not going to give up. I don't want to get hyped up here. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather go today without sweating and angry, but I'm glad you mentioned it, not me. But it's... Yeah, it's exciting. I think yeah. right now, what, the cool analogy that we're, we're talking about is, like, I think right now we're in the palm pilot phases mm -hmm. of the exoskeleton. Give it, like, five, ten years, and we'll hit the iPhone, and it'll be so, like, like you, running, you flying. Anxious? What am like, I going to do? Hello, fucking bitch. Like, yeah. color, like... I think, yeah, I think I would love for it to come out sooner, but at the same time, like, I'm having a good time living my life now. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Like, when the time comes, it's going to come, and I'll be ready for it. Yeah. But I don't want to. I don't want to let my whole life go by while sure. waiting for something to come out. And Absolutely. yeah, just like living it day by day. And then when it comes, hell yeah, I'm ready. That's a fucking good point, man. Just like not letting life kind of pass you by, hoping. You know, my boyfriend always says like, "We're gonna have nanobots in like five years, and they'll yeah. be able to go in and like fix your face." And I'm like, I don't even like to hear mm -hmm. that because I'm like, like you said, like I'm so happy. 
and all focusing on the now, the present. I get right? guilty. I feel a little guilty almost. Like how That's great. Chill I am. Like happy <laughs> and well things are going. I don't mm-hmm. know, but um, I just love you and thank you so much. I love for you calling. too. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. It's been uh, so fun. Thank you. You told your story. I think it, it's super fantastic and it's gonna it's gonna resonate with a lot of people. And I want. People to try neurobellum, so can we do some sort of like giveaway with yeah. this episode? Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Like anybody, like we'll do like a code give, or whatever giveaway. Give yeah. yeah, code. What, what can be our code? Can be what do you What do you like want it to be? Tits? Whatever you want it okay, to be, we'll make it. Is it full S H I T T I T S? Okay, you spell no, it out, and then oh, we'll put that coupon code through, and then whatever you guys want. Whatever discount code. Uh, also, where can people follow you? Neuro, NeuroGum. Yeah, it's NeuroGum. Yeah, NeuroGum on social media. Um, check us out, like on our website or Amazon, I'm CBS. Sure, how do you guys feel? We just also gave it to our, our crew in the room. Yeah. Right? You don't feel jittery. You don't feel like. Caffeine. And you'll still be able to sleep. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And now we're going over. But, like, how am I going to be able to sleep if I just have a little bit of caffeine? Well, how do you normally deal with it? For me, like, I'm pretty caffeine sensitive, so I try not Same. to. If I'm trying to go out at night, then I'll pop it at night. But if yeah. I'm if it's a work day and I want to go to bed by like one a.m., yeah. I'll I'll just stop taking any caffeine by like four p.m. So we're we're running you're, you're good. It's Friday night. What are you doing? What are you doing this weekend? I think I'm just chilling. I think you're relaxing weekend. Thanks for having me. Uh, you guys should rate this five stars if anyone on Please don't be sensitive. Leave a comment below. Definitely enter our giveaway. We're going to do some sort of giveaway. We'll do something. Enter we'll do our something coach cool. gift And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Cool. We can cut. That was so great. That was so great.